All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome back, bitches. We're here at the Catharsis Lab once again. I got my man Joe Moose here. Hello. And Emmy. Hello. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, good. Great. Okay. Um, we're going to uh, dive into a topic um, that I think is kind of interesting because it kind of follows the line of the, the, the universal law of polarity. So we're going to talk about the difference between aggression versus adver adversity assertion. Uh, oh, assertion so you know certain people uh that, that confront you maybe confront you aggressively some people try to impose their will through assertion so i think it's an interesting topic and i think it kind of falls under that uh category of power over force so we'll start by um I, I, this was Emmy's topic. Let's let's ask Emmy what made her think of this topic and um, specific experiences that made her think of this. I just felt like this topic was good to get across, especially with society right now, because everyone's very in-your-face entitled. And I feel like there's a good line between asserting yourself, having respect for yourself, and not being aggressive with other people with it. Also, as someone who's has trouble controlling or expressing their emotions, I find it sometimes hard relating myself off as assertive than coming across aggressive. Right. So there's two different emotions there. And one's uh, safe to say one's a positive way to do it and one's a negative way to do it. Like um, I, I think some powerful people um, understand how to assert their intentions um, whereas you see aggressive people is kind of like manipulative and kind of forceful, uh, controlling, we can use the term steamrolling. <laughs> I'm familiar with that. bulldozing. Yeah. Bulldozing, um, you know, just to proliferate their own narrative. But, um, I, I think, you know, you look at some of the most, uh, positive, powerful people in our culture and, you know, what's interesting about assertiveness is they're all uh, the powerful people. Let's talk. Uh, let's say maybe Bruce Lee or somebody like that. They assert, you know, their will or what they want to do, but they do it in a very calm, peaceful way. Nobody gets hurt. Um, there's not a whole lot of emotions. And um, I kind of see it as a sign of power. And I don't know, uh, like, what's it take for a human to be assertive? And how do you know when you're assertive as opposed to being aggressive and i feel like that's a hard line to tie to try and divide because sometimes you could think you're coming across as just assertive or standing your ground and someone else takes it as aggressive absolutely mm -hmm. and you know you might notice at one point you think you're being assertive but if maybe if there's something that you really want or a goal you really want to capture you kind of step on into the dark side into aggression to where you might be bullying your way in or steamrolling your narrative or something like that. You know, it's a, it, it, it's a fine line. And, and so is power and force. You know, yeah. one's always good. One's always bad because you're using different uh, emotions, whether they're positive or negative. Right. And I think what it is, is the fine line, the separation. Aggression is an assertion. It's really your tone of voice, the words you use, the body language, everything comes into play because people can visualize you you might not be just using your words but you could be speaking to somebody with your eyes with your motions your hands um 
the tone of your voice, the volume of your voice, all of that comes into play. And if you can keep yourself at a respectable manner and not be disrespectful or at least give the person enough of their own, like, peace during that, I guess, interaction where they don't feel you're being aggressive. It's a, it's a very fine line to walk, but I think the aware and the conscious know the difference. It's a touchy subject, too, because I also feel like if you have a lot of self-love, you have to be assertive, and sometimes that almost hurts other people. Absolutely. Right, and that's a very good point, because I think what happens, like, for people that aren't really strong and really love themselves, they, they start to worry more about how other people feel and what other people are thinking rather than what's right for them, how they feel, and what's their outcome. And everyone's so worried about people pleasing or this or that but like assertive let's be clear i think i think we've it's clear that aggressiveness is kind of negative assertiveness if done in the right way i think is healthy and it's positive and i think it's it it it's a form of self-love you know and it it goes hand in hand with intention if you live a life with a clear intention and you assert that intention with a loving way and nobody's getting hurt and you're not steamrolling anybody um, and back to what you were saying, Joe, um, I, I think it takes a certain level of respect, mm-hmm. you know, to, to even practice assertiveness. Well, you have to love yourself and respect yourself in order to respect others. So if you can't respect another, how Correct. are you supposed to be able to speak to another in a uh, fashionable way that's socially correct? Right. And also another point is depending on how that person feels about themselves, even if you are being assertive, you could poke a certain insecurity in that person and put them on the defense, and now they feel you are being aggressive through their own insecurities. So sometimes it's just a miscommunication there inside of themselves that they don't recognize almost because they're unaware of it. Right, so... So you're engaging with a person and you start off in a healthy way assertively and something that that person has said or done has triggered you to where you now you're falling back into his game and you're f- you now you're becoming aggressive. No, I was s- the opposite. So I'm asserting myself to a person in a conversation in a healthy, respectful manner, but that person isn't receiving it that way because the assertion that I'm giving them has happens to be a touchy subject for them. So they're insecure about their feelings and the way they feel about this assertion and instead recognize it as aggression because they have that insecurity inside themselves that they haven't fixed yet. So you could be asserting this problem you have with a person or, or, or anything really, and it could trigger something inside of them that now puts them on the defense and now no longer finds you assertive and finds you aggressive because of their own personal insecurities. Right. So like that's what I was saying is like their their tool or their mechanism is to drag you into their world Mm -hmm. and flip you out of your narrative from assertive. uh, You know, you're right. No, no train wreck wants to argue with a healthy guy because it's not an even playing field. So, you know, when you wrestle with a pig. The, the muddier it gets, the more the pig likes it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've dealt with narcissists and stuff like that. And I've started out with, you know, positive intentions, 
clear assertions, this and that, and they just want to continue to drag this into the gutter mm -hmm. and turn it into, you know, because that's their playing field. That's where they have, you know, the leg up on you or they have a little bit of um, power move. It's a total power play. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and that's why I think this all kind of rolls back into power versus force because healthy people would never do that. Okay. You know, and that requires listening, not judging all this other stuff and seeing things from a different lens. People yeah, not being self-absorbed in your own emotions. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, because somebody that's going to be aggressive, you know, they've bullied their way through life, you know, and they, they have kind of like propagated their own will and they, they're almost proud of the fact that they always get their way depending or regardless of who gets hurt who they've steamrolled who they've stomped on you know and i don't really even think they even care about their behavior you know and i, I don't even think they give a shit if they li like themselves it's always about like you said emmy whatever the situation or scenario is it's about control and i need to win you know, I, I, I have to win this argument. Mm -hmm. I, I have to come out on top. I can't look stupid, you know. So it may even start out assertive, but it, it just gets muddy and gets real ugly and, and turns into aggression. And that's where an argument might sound start out peaceful and end in a fist fight. You know what I mean? Right. There's no such thing as a peaceful protest. N not, not if everyone has, you know, the wrong kind of state of mind. Right, right. But um, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, at, at my age, I think it's easy for people to default back into aggression because that's intimidation after all, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and if somebody wants, and, and it's a complete lack of respect for the other person because if, a, you know, if a healthy person is going to go, no, I'm not okay with this. This person is going to re resort to violence or intimidation, you know, I and it, it, everything just gets ugly. And really, the only option you have is to walk away, mm -hmm. you know, and identify the problem. Because once it gets to that level, you know, now you're dealing with somebody that's not playing with a, a fair deck of cards. Right. You know, and they're willing to go lower than you. So to navigate the difference between assertion and aggression in the midst of it while you're becoming aware of the shift you're saying to walk away at that point well they're dragging you into their playing field right mm -hmm. so at some point you have a decision to make i mean you can you can keep moving forward in a healthy manner you can keep <coughs> you know every it's important to set boundaries around like one first of all you have to identify if somebody's going to be uh, aggressive towards you and immediately set boundaries and if that person continues to put uh, set, uh, push the boundaries you have to draw a line in the sand just going okay well um, out of respect for myself and love for myself i'm not going another step here mm -hmm. um, obviously you're not willing to listen to what i have to say so what's the benefit by moving forward and it's not about caving or losing it's about you loving yourself enough not to engage with these types of people can you, you know give I mean? me an example of a situation you were in recently where you had to be assertive instead of aggressive 
Um, I, I think, so at work, I'm a manager, right? And recently, you know, I have to deal with, you know, some of the guys that I work with. And, uh, you know, recently we had an employee where I had to, you know, really look at what he was doing on the job and ultimately take him into the office and fire him, right? Correct. So basically, and I, you know, that's a semi-confrontational situation to where, you know, I have to look after the best interests of the company. This guy has a family to feed, and, you know, I, d I feel bad about, let you know. It's a touchy, very touchy, touchy situation. Si situation. So the way I approach it is always very pragmatically. I always, it's, it's always very positive, and it's very short and quick to the point. And the reason why I do it quickly is because uh, in terms of like letting the person go or firing the person because because if if you start talking about why we're firing you it opens up this door for him to become aggressive mm -hmm. and and reel you in to his muddy playing field mm -hmm. you know so um that's the most recent thing to happen to me where like <coughs> basically i took an employee in and i just went you know it's not a good fit for the for the our, our company and we're not a good fit for you okay um you know so here's a check you know we'll make sure you get paid at the end of the day and i i keep it short and sweet because if it goes into well what did i do wrong mm -hmm. um you didn't like with the way i was working right away that guy's trying to open doors mm -hmm. to where he can steamroll my narrative or um discredit what i'm trying to say or basically gray things out you mm -hmm. know uh, he said she said Hey, you know, your work, your quality, your work just wasn't good. You don't show up on time. Oh, well, what about this, that? And now it just deteriorates. Right. So what you're saying is you were conscious of how this person was prior to this engagement. So you were able to shut down and keep it short and sweet and shut down any opportunity for there to be aggression. So therefore, you displayed a certain amount of assertiveness in the very beginning and approached it in such a way where it wasn't you basically took away his power absolutely and it wasn't just the person it was the setting because because letting a say a 45 year old man go with two kids and a wife and a you know bills to pay and stuff like that you know that's not something i enjoy it can doing. never be easy and it, it could it could forever you know alter this guy's life but that's not my responsibility Right. You know, I always believe people fire themselves, you know, so, in, you know, and I've been in that situation enough before to where, oh, well, why are you firing me? You know, here's this and that, you know, I, I'm just going, it's not about that. And I'm not going to go into it. And I'm not, I should not have to prove myself. Right. You know, that's that's not like adjudicating or, you know, being like in a court like setting and kind of hashing out who's right and wrong. In my opinion, that's that guy drawing me into his mm -hmm. scope so this unconscious individual is trying to manipulate this situation the company and all these exterior things that to manipulate it to his benefit so basically what you did was cut him off of all of his power eliminated any of it yep, yes. eliminated all of it and, and handled it in a healthy short and sweet manner yeah and, and the end result was he just looked at me and just went Okay, I'll be by at 10 o'clock to pick up my check. Incredible. Because I, I just saw where it was going to go with this type of guy, you know. And 
So it takes it takes a certain amount of foresight to approach these kinds of situations. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's about energy. Like you can feel people's energy, mm-hmm. you know, and like I, I think when you're in a, a confrontational situation like that, I think we've all been in that where you can kind of feel where this is going to go before you even walk in the room. Right. That's you know kind of I mean? my point is. Yeah. When you're having these conversations with people and you're trying to be assertive, consider the source you're dealing exactly. with, the energy source, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you know, try. I always try to stay as positive as possible, but I always have to stay on point. You know, I don't have to go down this why defensive you did this, path. You know, I don't have to explain myself. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I don't fire anybody. I think people fire themselves. And the reason that you're sitting in a chair next to me, uh, why aren't the other guys? Mm-hmm. Why is it you? You know, so what that's telling me is like, you're not really coming clean about you. So mm-hmm. now you're putting me in a compromised position. That's another form of manipulation where you're like, you you want me to play on your playing field and I refuse to play on your playing field. Okay. Here is it, here it is. So this hey, is one way to deal with an aggressive person is what I'm hearing or understanding. I think it, ch- it 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 varies. I mean, I could imagine family members being much different, or people you can't get away from, coworkers and things like that. But I, I think every situation is different. But like, ultimately, you're the same. Right. You know what I mean? That's how and you. And if, if you have it. enough love and respect for yourself, and if you if you can get to that level, you have enough love and respect for other people. But you're not going to uh, compromise your integrity. Because somebody else is, you know Correct. what I mean? And there's a lot you can teach people that are willing to do that. But like at the end of the day, it's not even important what they think or feel. It's more important about you staying on the right track. And that's because it's so easy to get distracted or pu- manipulated or pulled aside in somebody else's game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think a that's the difference that. between a forceful person and a powerful person. The forceful person uses aggression and manipulative tactics, and the powerful person uses assertiveness and clarity and, how did you put it, um, peaceful. Mm. You put it in such a way earlier, I'm slipping on it, but. Right, so so essentially this argument is a power versus force. Mm-hmm. Power is somebody like Nelson Mandela, Bruce Lee, force is somebody that's just gonna steamroll have no respect they don't have any respect for themselves it's it's a very narcissistic quality because you're seeing human beings uh, on a power grid and you're trying to game the whole system like it's all about competition and you know the universe runs on cooperation but your ego is so fragile you've got to you know you've got to you know proliferate your narrative more importantly than anybody else to the point where you're willing to forego your integrity, honesty, you know, everything, the lens just kind of gets skewed and and people with power, they don't, they toe the line, you know, it's an intention. It's a behavior. It's about respect, love and integrity. And they don't waver on that. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing negative about it. You might not like what somebody with power has to say, but, you know, if you really don't engage and step back and kind of process what they're doing, you can't really dislike that person or disrespect that person because they didn't really cross s- any kind of line of personal responsibility right. or integrity. Y- you're going to go, oh, m- you know, that 
You that, can't fault them for anything. Yeah, that, that motherfucker wouldn't let me steal from him. Mm-hmm. What a dick. Right. You can't do that. I mean, the guy just... They don't allow you, or they don't allow anybody to be given that opportunity to sway them or to allow them to be put into that program or anything such as. I agree with that. And not only that, they probably s- had saw you coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. And so it was like going, I know where he's coming from. I don't even care. I'm going to stay this way. And really, when you're a powerful person, you don't really have to change anything. That's just how you are. Mm-hmm. When you're a forceful person, you're a chameleon to suit the specific scenario because all you're trying to do is get your way or win or crush this guy or steal from that guy. So much more to manage. <laughs> I mean, that's way too much for me to manage. <laughs> yeah. But like if you just toe the line and you, you live a, a good, respectful, loving life, that's powerful enough. And you've got boundaries that you're just going to go. It's a no. You know, I mean, that's another interesting argument is like the power of no. How many people are so weak that they don't say no when they need to say no? You know, and that's another big importance to self-love, too, is knowing when to say no. I I agree. You know, good point there, because if not, you're conceding. And it all goes back to like letting somebody else run your life or kind of manipulate yeah, you lose yourself by also never saying no with everything. Right. And and if it happens over and over, like, where are you two or three years from now and five experiences later, it's like you've lost yourself. Right. Specifically speaking, like, potential relationships could be that you could have a person who doesn't understand the difference between aggression and ser- assertiveness, and you end up falling into their program. And two years later, you are now that program and without realizing it which is a very common thing. I think a lot of people don't understand is a part of their natural daily lives. If they were just conscious and aware of what they were doing, of how they felt, of how they loved themselves, and then the people around them, how they love themselves, and that if they're aware, and just being brutally honest at all moments, I think. Right. And having a maturity with your emotions, too. Yeah, I agree. I think it's an evolution. You know what? What I'm thinking is, is like, do, do either of you guys know? Like, is there an example of of somebody that you guys know from history or family, historically or whatever, that you've always seen as a kind of a role model for a powerful person or an assertive person, and likewise, um, a, an aggressive person? Like for me. I don't really idolize anybody, but br- for whatever reason, Bruce Lee, I've always, the w- the words he said, the way he lived his life, what he did, there was just no compromise. Mm-hmm. And he was all about just love and consciousness and forward thinking. And, y- you know, he didn't have to really say anything. And I he didn't manipulate anybody or control anybody. I would, I would take it a step further and say Ip Man. Who? Ip Man. Who's Ip Man? Ip Man was Bruce Lee's sensei. Oh, Ip the Chinese guy. Ip Man. I know who Bruce you're talking Lee, about. He knows. Yes, Jute King Do. Yes. Yes. And um, Wing Chun. Yep. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So he, if I'm not wrong, he was the guy that said, "Don't go market this mm-hmm. in on American it soil because absolutely. it's the curse of the dragon." Mm-hmm. 
That was him. Absolutely. The old guy. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep, man. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the other side of that. The aggressor? Yeah, the forceful guy. The steamroller. We'll call him the steamroller. Man, you know, this is going to be... It's usually like a family member or a, a work associate, like somebody that you've been around repetitively and you just can call him out. Yes, yep. I have someone in my life who's a very aggressive person, but... Uh, from seeing them and being around them so much in life, I've learned to not be that and not want to aspire to be aggressive. Because also you see in a lot of aggressive people, they're very immature. Mm-hmm. Right, and you can learn a lot from a, a, a lot about what not to do <laughs> by observing dysfunctional humans. You know what I mean? And their patterns. Mm-hmm. So you kind like something kind of got your attention, right, Emmy? And then you just went, I'm going to keep an eye on this person. And then after a while, it becomes a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. But it's glaringly apparent. Yeah. That that this person has some sort of control issues because you're right. Like like you said earlier, it all falls back to like this insecurity, this need to control. It's a control issue. And it goes hand in hand with narcissism and all these other control related dysfunctions, you know, and just the concept of trying to control another human being has always just kind of rattled my brain because mm-hmm. a sure way to be frustrated is to try and control another human being. I mean, good yeah. luck. Good mm-hmm. luck. It yeah. might work for Fighting a little while, but like that person after a while is going to hate you mm-hmm. and they're going to scheme. You're both just going to lose in the end. Uh, totally. It's a lose-lose <laughs> Absolutely. situation. And you're probably going to lose harder because that, that person wants fucking revenge. They're just going to go, you know what? I'm going to shut my mouth, mm-hmm. let the control freak think that they've got a total control over me. I'm going to get my sk- scheme together, and then I'm just going to fucking drop bombs on this bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's si- there's a definitely situations that uh, that has occurred. <laughs> I, I've been there. Yeah. I think we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, what's interesting for me personally, it's it's – like our last podcast, it all goes back to the inner circle, the friends and the family. Right. It's you know, I mean, I don't give a shit enough about my coworkers. I mean, I care about all you guys and stuff like that. I care about everybody, but like the ones that can really dagger you are the close ones. Are the you. ones that are taking the information they know about you and using it against mm-hmm. you. And yeah. damn, fuck you for doing that, motherfucker. So how dare you go go? go how despicable, that. right? Such a low-level, guttural thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes all my energy not to want to get revenge on me because if I get revenge on you, I'm now just like you. Mm-hmm. Again, now you've taken me out of my assertive role and you've put me into an aggressive role. Right. Fuck you. So you know? what I think, me personally, um, I, I don't struggle with that with anybody in my personal life because I, like I said in our my our last podcast, I'm never afraid to cut anybody off. The second that somebody starts being like that towards me, you're gone. You know, and and I have a personal friend that um this happened with recently in my life and they are no longer as a part of my life because of said situation. I won't go into too much detail, but it was an aggressive situation that didn't need to happen over an assertive situation. Could have been very could have been handled differently and being aware of it, I choose always to step away, and it's just so much easier for me. Um, I know it's not everybody's go-to, but it's a, it's always been my go-to. So I really couldn't give you an example right now of 
I think it's currently. a powerful tool because mm-hmm. I've had to do it. Have you ever had to like cut somebody? I have, but for me, it's it's very hard. I can't relate so much on that. I have a very hard time with that. Right. I I actually think it's a very powerful it's skill. It, but it's difficult because usually the people you're cutting have known you for a very long time. Right, and it you, hurts. You know, and then there's this forgiveness and we'll give them another shot. Well, it's my dad or it's my sister or it's my best friend. But, like, those are the ones that really can dagger you. I, I got to say, Joe, I think that's a, a powerful tool. <laughs> and I use it, too. You know, I, I've had to cut some very important people out of my life. And I'll tell you this, and I'm sure you could agree. I was a hundred percent sure that, that that my decision was right. Yeah, absolutely. There was I wasn't sixty percent or seventy percent sure. I just went. I don't. This is I. This is a default. I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. If if I care enough about myself, you're gone. And these were family members or yep. you know people close to me. Like, uh, th- I think that's a, a a valuable skill to have, and I think it's one of those things where it's a hundred percent. You're you're spot on on your decision. Yeah, I've done it with family members. I've done it with friends. I've done it with coworkers. I've d- I've done it across the board, and it's been a practice of my life since I was young, and. At this point, it's become a skill, and it, I, I don't even bat an eye nowadays. It's just. Have it. you ever had to cut anyone? Um, I I have uh, recently, in a way, actually, basically. Uh, people in your close circle. Very people close in my close circle. I've essentially right. had to cut them off completely, and it's been very hard and emotional. But again, p- I have to put myself first, and they didn't have my best interest Absolutely. at mind, so. Going back to self-love, you have to sometimes make decisions that you don't want to make for the better outcome. Absolutely. And, and here's another thing to think about. In five or ten years, you don't know what might happen. You know, you be, you're going to become a different person. But you toe the line and you love, have that self-love for yourself and you start evolving. They're going to get that message. These people that hurt you or tried to force something on you, they're going to get that message. And it's, it's in a good way because you're not really – putting them on the defensive what you're doing is becoming an example Mm -hmm. you know so like you could cut a family member off now and just be open maybe in 10 years it could even happen in one year exactly there's no time is irrelevant but like and you start really like showing the people around you becoming the example going look this generational dysfunction our family stops with me you know, I am I am not going to just bury my head and let this happen. It stops with me, you know. That was basically why I had to kind of say to myself in a way, right. like, I'm, I'm not going to continue the cycle. I'm the one. Yep, I it's did gonna the same thing. It's going to fucking stop with me. And I was the, I was the one, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, t- you take hits. You're the black sheep. Absolutely. You're the conspiracy theorist. What do you know? The You're the cold-hearted one for mm-hmm. having self-love. Right. How dare you? I'm the guy who says We're everything and everybody's thinking. Totally. Yeah, you know, but it's like, but how dare you say that? I see it as loud. an awareness, and, and you could be, you know, one of the younger kids, but like, like Emmy, it's like, I guarantee she's seen this for a couple generations. Just going, no, I'm not, I'm not bringing this forward. Oh yeah, no. You know, if I have kids one day, I'm, I'm not bringing this into my new family. Fuck this. It stops with me. Yep. You know, that's an awareness. That's a conscious decision. T- totally, mm-hmm. and, and and it's gnarly because <laughs> you have. Change requires loss, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you make a, a bold move, a ballsy, courage, courageous, I love myself move like that, 
you're going to lose somebody or something or something close to you, usually somebody. Right. Or it could be a part of yourself. But when you lose somebody, you lose something, you know, because you'll, you know, some families are fucked up enough to wait. Okay. I'm getting rid of my parents. Well, there goes the inheritance. Mm -hmm. You you know, you got to, so what? It's just money. Right. You know, you got, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything, you know? Right. So what else do you have in this, in your life in the third dimension? If you don't fucking stand for yourself, you know, and put yourself, you know, when we talking about this other, the other day where like most people care more about what other people think of them than what they think of them. Yeah. Which is a really bizarre concept for me, but like it's super common. That's actually a skill set that I admire about yourself. Um, growing up in an unconscious state, like dropping hard truths here, I wasn't always a conscious person. I wasn't always an aware person. I've been guilty of being the aggressor, and I've also been guilty of being the asserter. But um, that that's definitely a skill set that it has to be that is a, a practice. Um, it's not so easy to to do such a thing or or to not allow the thoughts of others to affect. I've been guilty of, of caring about what people think, m- more so of caring about Everyone, what I think. Everybody has. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, you know, judgment is the thief of serenity, but, like, in order to fit into whatever environment you are, there's a certain scope that you're, you're kind of scanning the environment, and you have to judge how you're going to survive in that environment. Right. You know? Call it a stereotype if you want, but like, <laughs> I, I think that's a little bit different than like. Okay, I see what you're saying. Judging people on a daily basis, you know <coughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, or even judging yourself. Or, or l- that's competition or comparing. You know what I mean? Then you'll never ever be happy if you consistently compare. No, I, and back to what you said, I think, I think there's a certain alchemy there. Like y- you were guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Amy's probably been guilty of it. But like, that's how you know not to do it. That's right. alchemy. That's like going, okay, that's stepping back going, I was that person too, you mm-hmm. know? The difference is, is most people don't do that. Well, most people aren't willing to admit it. Hell no. In the first that's step the, to it, change is admitting that you have in, a problem. In, in security. Insecurity is a crippling emotion, mm-hmm. you know? And it really doesn't exist anywhere else but in that person. Mm-hmm. And there's this projection out to to the world of how they kind of internalize themselves. It's, it's kind of a mirrored effect. And like, what's weird is nobody knows that mm-hmm. they're insecure. Yeah. No one notices other than yourself a good 90% of the time. And the only one you're freaking out is yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, th- and now you're spilling the beans. You're just going, look at me. And, and now, and you're there telling th- the there world, goes hey, the I'm job insecure. offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there goes, there goes the opportunity. There goes the friendship. You know, it's it's almost a self sabotage thing. You know, we had we had a situation with a, a coworker who would mass send forty text messages a day due to that s- very same crippling insecurity, needing to know the next step, may needing to be in control, needing to be able to manipulate the situation to the benefit, which it ends up always having a negative result. You, and just keep that in mind, people. You, manipulation tactics never work and always backfire they only work on <coughs> really weak people right yes you know and and let's let's be clear these types of people 
target those weak people. Yeah, absolutely. Y- you have no choice because if some guy, some homie comes up to me like that, I'm, sp- I'm laughing in his face. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm down the road. His ticket's punched. You know, it's interesting the way this argument or this conversation is going is it's developing into uh, a discussion about narcissism. And that's a very fucking uh, pervasive. What I just read recently, like it, uh, the <coughs> the mental disorder of um, chronic um, narcissistic behavior is one of the worst mental illnesses you can have and i always said that because like narcissists think they're great like this there's this illusion of i'm this and that but it's totally based on insecurity and lack of self-worth it's like the ego flips around Mm -hmm. it creates this whole different um i I guess wall to to kind of permeate or or to protect yourself absolutely um but i mean a, 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 a control freak is a narcissist, you know, mm-hmm. or definitely exemplifies all of those s- symptoms. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so now, how do you how do you spot a narcissist from a mile away? What are the what are the telling signs for people out there who aren't aware who might have a narcissist in their life that they're not conscious of? They what will first draw signs? you in with a lot of emotional. Uh, what is that word? Love bombing. Charisma. Charisma, that sort of thing. Charles Manson had charisma. Okay, okay. Right? So they need a hook. She's absolutely right. Like, a narcissist can't be an asshole. But how about about the people that are closest to us? The people that have already displayed that charisma, the people that have already tricked the others into their program, how do we awaken those people? Um, what is the telltale signs? Very, very simple explanations or maybe like, I don't think it's a simple explanation because like it's almost impossible to help another person. You can facilitate that, Mm -hmm. but that person has to basically get beat up and manipulated and destroyed by a narcissist. You know, narcissists, they almost have to be seeking help. Yeah. They're, their goal, they see humans on a power grid and they're sucking energy. You know, so like, so if you're a power source to a narcissist and you finally say F you and you leave, they're going to get angry for a while, but they're going to go to another source. You know, it's almost like an insect sucking venom you know, uh, out of something. That's that's really what a narcissist is. And they're sucking energy out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's tough because. L- like Amy was saying, like in, uh, uh, the first sign of a narcissist to me is that. Hey, buddy, that re- that char- charismatic, that r- that bait and reel, th- reeling you in. A narcissist is never going to be nasty or mean to you, but if somebody's like, "Yeah, you can come over, you can use my boat anytime," you know, the house door is open. That's kind of a red flag to me, if t- especially if it's, if it's somebody that I don't know, because, you know, not that I'm judgmental or, or very suspective, you know, but it's like going, "Okay, what is this?" person want for me you know what i mean what's your angle and it's sad that you have to be like that but there's so many unhealthy people out there and it's so many narcissists out there that you kind of have to kind of check their references right so you approach every situation guarded or every individual guarded Uh, 
I don't want to say that, like, but but if somebody, you know, hey, buddy, how's it, you know, it dip, uh, in your first is meeting, buttering me up, mm-hmm. I I know uh, uh, that I'm grounded enough inside of me that I, that I can go along with it long enough, and in but constantly I'm picking up signs right. and I'm checking out red flags and I'm dis. This is important. Discerning information. Humans have forgotten to how to discern information. They just consume it nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a critical quality to have in everyone. And, and I don't care. And I don't think it's judgmental, mean. It's about self-love and protecting yourself. Discern information, whether it's coming from your government, from your boss, from anybody. Don't just consume information. Discern it. You know, and go home and break it down. You know, you guys have good friends. You know what good friends act like. Is this person doing that? Correct. Is there an agenda? Have you? Wait a minute. I've only known this guy two days, and he's offering me his lake house with a boat. Right. Uh, you know, I might want to look more into this. Yeah. You know, well, that screams desperate, des- uh, desperate, insecure. That screams so many red flags across the board, which basically would you, lead right but maybe into maybe to somebody else you don't know. It would be exciting. Yeah. Well, a lot of people c- kind of just cave. Or they're yeah. just naive to it and aren't aware. Exactly. Uh, you know, I really dislike the naivety. S- it's a lack of personal responsibility. It, it is, you in know. In my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't really stand by that naivety Thou bullshit. shall not have no idea. Mm-hmm. That is our number one commandment Ignorance on this show. Ignorance does not stand up in the court of law, <laughs> and it does not stand up with me. No. <laughs> no. no, that... that will not ever stand up in the court of catharsis. That's ever. right. Absolutely. But, uh, but people use it as a crutch. People use it as a as an excuse, as, you know, and quite frankly, in my opinion, it's bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, the times that we live in. It, a lot of times I think, like, in going back to, t- now we're talking about narcissism, but... I always kind of go, which come first, the chicken or the egg? The the narcissist or the society? (laughs) I mean, because in the 70s, there weren't 80% of the people weren't narcissists. Right. You know, but nowadays, if you're paying attention, it's a significant number out there. Right. Whether they're rich or poor or whatever, you can be a poor narcissist. It doesn't really matter. You could be a family member. You could be a politician. So they're created. Your doctor could be a the society exactly which came first the symptom or you know the the society that that kind of like shaped all of that because it's so would you say the narcissist would be the aggressive or the assertive i would say they're passive aggressive because enough, yeah. the, the whole time they're daggering you they're stroking you mm-hmm. you know what i mean yes that's what makes them so diabolical and that's like that's where you want to go beat the fuck out of them. Right. When you, you finally know, because, like, come to, you know, I trusted you, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you followed up with that trust. You know, you reinforce that trust. Now I got it. Now I got a blade in my back. Mm-hmm. You know, one like or that's two good pre, things. That's a premeditated hit. You know what I mean? That wasn't mm-hmm. a spontaneous murder. That was a premeditated. That guy checked out the power grid and went, OK, Robert's got something I need. Mm-hmm. Let's let's groom that. You know what I mean. So let's uh, l- imagine kids. 
you can do that with kids because they're kids. Right. How disgusting is fucking that? You know what I mean? But like that's the part I don't. It's creepy. It's almost like Silence of the Lambsy type of shit where they they groom. Hello, creepy. They, they they you know they seek out obviously the weakest people, and the whole thing is about a groom. It, they're zzz, you know they're dropping the line, baiting them, and they're reeling them in with their charisma, and basically you they have to build the trust, and they're they're. So people are easily swayed by narcissists because of this charisma, because of this outlook, attitude is what we're essentially saying here. So it's fair to say that it's difficult to spot a narcissist because they come on as your friend. Weak people Mm -hmm. are easily swayed. Fair. Healthy people laugh in their face. Right. How dare you think I'm that stupid? Right. You know, I mean, but it takes work, you know, like 20 years ago. I I don't want to say I was naive, but, you know, I kind of like compromised my situations and later found out that I was, you know, kind of being manipulated by a narcissist. But again, people don't discern information. People aren't present. People aren't conscious. They're weakened human beings. They don't eat good. They're not, you know, it all kind of adds up to a weak human being. Mm -hmm. And believe you, I'm telling you, a narcissist can spot exactly what their targets are. Mm -hmm. They go after the easy prey and they're the weakest people. So how does it, how is it put, I'm not starting a problem, I'm exposing a pattern. Basically, so when narcissists just when narcissists get exposed, they turn aggressive. <laughs> so if you expose a narcissist, you better run. Right. Because they're going to come after the, the biggest fear of a narcissist is exposure because they have to kill you. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, right. L- and, and we'll go back to Char- truth. Charlie and the Charlie Manson and the family. Like you leave the family, you stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell the story. That's the last thing on earth a narcissist wants. Mm-hmm. So they're going to track you. Right. And you better, like, get rid of your phone number. You better – you it's cut and run. And you don't give a, a, you don't give a new address. Right. Hmm. There, there's no 50-50 there because a narcissist is going to track you. Because a narcissist always thinks they can get their way, too. 100%. Not only that, they're used to it. So this is a person that's always gone after the weakest of the weak. So they always get their way. Do you think that there's a narcissist that goes after the strong? Yes. There's absolutely. But uh, you'd have to define strong, but like people that are aware. I'm I'm talking consciously aware people. So I think if you really love yourself, I think guys kind of get hoodwinked by like really good. I mean, so narcissists are pathological liars too. Mm-hmm. They're th- these are people that like um, their their biggest source of power, their their biggest tool is information. So their deal is to get to this person first, get to this person first, set the narrative first. You know, so now they're running basically the reality because what everybody's thinking and feeling is they've injected that before anyone 
even had their guard up. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they're already setting a narrative. Like I said, that it's a gr- creepy, grooming, diabolical thing. I mean, we're like, a, 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 if a narcissist sets its eyes on you, they've already mapped out where you work, where you go. It, it's very psychotic. And the people that you know, they're going to set a narrative and it, just by just dropping seeds. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, I met Bobby the other day. He's a really good guy, but there's this. And he'll, they'll drop a seed and they'll, they'll, they'll start planting seeds in like your friends' brains, your family's brains. And now they're, they're kind of navigating the narrative towards them. Mm. And it's really fucking twisted. It is. It's, it absolutely is. And, and it's tough. And a lot of people don't, un- don't, don't notice it until they're halfway into it, you know? And really, I think I posted this on my Instagram. You have, here's your choices when dealing with a, 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 a narcissist. Run and don't go back. That's your choice. There aren't any other choices. <laughs> That's how nasty these motherfuckers are. Wow, ain't that something. It, it, it's, a, it's sociopathic behavior. So let me hit you with some hard truths. I had I, I was in a five year marriage where I was consistently called a narcissist, but I don't feel through this explanation that we have any of those traits. But it was a constant, 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 constant thing, and I'm thinking, looking back in hindsight now, that I was in the program of a narcissist. I was just gonna say that. So that's that's one of the the most manipulative tools a narcissist can use is to basically project. Well, so here's the thing for five years, I was convinced I was a narcissist and mind you at the time, but why, why, why though? Well, I wasn't consciously aware and I didn't discern the information. I just took it in. You trusted this person and I never looked it up, never looked up this, like what it meant. Never actually like, took much stock in it but after five years of just being told this over and over it sounded like you caved to keep the relationship together right and but he, it so later that w- relationships on so she was just completely power tripping you oh absolutely but later relationships on i caught myself saying oh you know one of the issues i struggle with is being a narcissist and da, da, da. And then i'm getting comments going no you're not this that the other and it took years of reconditioning myself to of going holy shit I'm not. And that was the program of somebody that had affected me years after, years after separation. Blowing my mind. This is something I'm, I'm actually coming, like this is, I'm having an epiphany Th- this at the moment. Is, this is a good point because that is such a horrible thing to do to another person. And that's a projection. But that's, that is a quality of a narcissist right there. Is they're going to project everything that they are they're going to blame you for what they are and and accuse you of being that exact person so no personal responsibility i think it's a mental illness Hmm. you know so personal responsibility hell no integrity no Uh, there's they're pathological liars so like honesty forget it wow like any kind of redeeming quality they're not even interested in it. It's all a power grid that like one of the biggest qualities of a narcissist is no remorse. They don't give a shit 
what they do say or do to any other human being. It is a power grid. It's about just stomping and, and basically trying to survive in this world, in this insecure world where they constantly need this reinforcement every day to where I, I'm better. I, I, you know, I'm a good person. I'm better. And, and the way they, in a twisted way, feel that way is by stomping on other humans. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but I think that's where they get their enjoyment. Like a, a narcissist, like they're really in their wheelhouse and I think feeling good about themselves is when they're crushing somebody else's soul. Yeah. Because it makes them feel good. They've dominated another human being for no other reason than that than they could. And it makes them feel good. I, and it's a really twisted concept, but I, I really think it's that simple. You know, I have narcissists in my family and stuff like that. And, and like, I've observed it and it's, I'm just like going, you really, you really get enjoyment out of hurting people's feelings, don't you? You know, and I'm just like, oh, wow, that's a pretty trippy concept. The Corilla DeVille. Yeah, I mean, it's just, if you, if you hate yourself inside, you're going to project that onto other people. You know, you just can't, you can't prove it to yourself. So you got to do this in, in this divergent, twisted mental illness way of where I'm the queen or I'm the king. And I, you know, deep down, I fucking hate myself and I have no self-worth, but I'm certainly not going to own that. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to work on that and change. You know, I'm not going to have the courage to out myself. So I'm going to dump all of that responsibility on my victims. And the only ones that are willing to take that are the weak. Right, the people I, with the victim mindset. Yeah, and that's my lens. That's that's my escape. I mean, even a healthy person would would never do it. But like, I could go sit at a Starbucks and any adult daycare coffee shop with you, and and just go train wreck, train wreck, train wreck, easy pickings, easy pickings, easy pickings within five minutes. Absolutely. Just on eye contact, energy, and body language, and why they're there. Mm -hmm. simple things a plus b equals c you know so a, a narcissist that's their mastery right there so like they've mastered that skill so i mean normal guys that don't do it like us can do it right so i think not hard for them to do it very trippy concept very trippy thing that people actually take pride in in I think people who are weak and then find this source of power trip latch onto it as a source of identity and then need that power in order to feel good about themselves and don't realize the damage they're inflicting upon others throughout. And therefore, I think, like you said, narcissists are created so... Not everybody throughout your childhood didn't grow up being this way, but you found out that being this way is what worked for them. So do you think that a narcissist could undo being a narcissist? You know what? I've studied a lot about narcissism because it was part of, you know, in my family and stuff like that, and I've learned about it. And one of the questions I always asked myself and this goes back to like, you know, a s what's the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath? 
are you genetically predestined? Are you born a narcissist or were you created as a narcissist? That's the question. And I, I don't really, n I can give you my opinions. I don't really have the answer on that scientifically. Based on what I know, and I really pay attention to all the behavior and all that stuff, it's very interesting to me. I don't believe in anything genetic because new science that, that comes out with that epigenetics just basically breaks it down scientifically that y the environment signals the gene. Mm -hmm. So that means your environment is what's, what's creating you. Like, you're not going to get cancer because Uncle Carl got cancer. That's bullshit. New epigenetic science dictates that the environment signals the gene. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and basically the the people that I believe are narcissists were kind of created by their environment. So that's that's my take on that. Hmm. And, and, and here's the other thing is, you know, it's kind of like playing the blues. Like when you're when you start developing that because of, of your poor environment, lack of self-worth, la lack of self-love, by the time you're 12 or 15, you're going hmm, this kind of works. Right, right. You know, Victimize and it. It's, well, well, it's now it's like the blues. It's like going, it's four, three chords. Well, let's I'm go. I'm going to play this my whole life. Let's take that on this the other extreme. Working. Let's take that to the other extreme. So you're talking about the blues and music and, and that. Let's take it to the other extreme where serial killers always carry a trait of narcissism, right? Well, so people yeah, argue absolutely. that serial killers, they, they argue that, some of them, their their brains were wired differently. Now, that would be maybe not necessarily a genetic trait, but like scientifically speaking, there is that argument that they were born that way because their family didn't have those traits. Or they didn't come from this environment that required them to be like that. They just were. That one kid that was twisted like Ted Bundy or some of the other serial, big name serial Jeffrey Dahmer would be a good example. Him, yes. And let me just tell you, I don't buy into that shit. And, okay. it, and it's basically because I don't think they knew enough about human behavior back then. And, and let's just, let's say in somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer, the guy was like from Ohio or Iowa or something, some Midwest, very benign, benevolent parents, but didn't really, weren't hands-on in this and that. But back then, that was considered semi-normal parenting mm -hmm. in this day and age hell no right you're 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 incubating a psychopath well a new day and age serial killer would be our zodiac killer or something like that you know right i'm just giving you my opinion like i i just think it all goes back to the environment and like you could go to any serial killer you could go to ten, but Ted Bundy was a lawyer you know handsome guy all this other right. stuff charismatic like, all that if I really wanted to research any one of these guys, I bet you anything, I could pick something, at least one thing out of their childhood from either their parent, uh, their father or their mother or an uncle or a, a, a niece or an aunt. And like we were saying earlier, one event in your life, one fucking right. really profound in, uh, event in your life, you know, because you look at a guy like Jeffrey Dahmer. This was a guy that was kind of like catching small animals when taxidermy he was at a young old. age. Yes. Yeah, and, and turning them inside out and stuff like that. Just really trippy shit that normal kids. So that's a, a lack of remorse 
for animals. And but if you're being gonna, a taxidermist. Well, he was doing cr- creepier shit than that, too. Mm. But, like, yeah, you're right. That's a little weird. Right, right. You know, let's taxidermy a squirrel when I'm eight years old. Mm-hmm. But his dad was a taxidermist, so it was a part of the family business. Okay, so so there you environment. go. But he, he may have perceived it uh, in a different way. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't think there's any right way to parent somebody. And man, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am a parent. I got two kids, and <laughs> I just did the best I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I lo- loved them, let them know I was here, and I left them the fuck alone. I didn't institutionalize them. I didn't push my will on them. You know, I just cared about them, and I just went. I'm always here for you guys. But I don't. You know we'll figure anything out but i didn't really push anything on him and i don't (coughs) even know if what i did was right you know what i mean time will tell you know i've got good kids and they're i think they're going to be good adults but like you don't know you know my my son or daughter might be the next future serial killer i fucking don't know i mean that's the crazy thing about human behavior in life but i can in my opinion i think it's the environment and um, it would be an interesting thing to look into is like all these gnarly silly you start with somebody like Ted Bundy who was really kind of a weird angle on serial killing I, you know I think he really enjoyed it right but he used his intelligence he used his status and his title to do that which is different than some of the other people that do it Jeffrey Dahmer did some really other twisted stuff but right. like I bet you anything if like we had the opportunity to really go back and talk to their parents or let's what was the seven let's talk to the second grade teacher i bet you anything i could find something oh absolutely which to 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 my point i don't think it's a possibility to be born that way okay and 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 conversely i mean the you know the the law of duality if you're born that way you can also change like if your body can make you sick, your body can make you heal. So I that is, firmly I, I don't that. even buy into that as an excuse because it's like, I don't know. Yeah, you might have been born a psychopath, but like what was done to get that out of you can be undone. R- exactly. So you're saying Th- it, a narcissist can, can change. If the environment's there, you know, but like basically humans are hardwired into programs after a certain while and and let's be clear on one of the twisted things about a narcissist is they they think what they're doing is far and above better than what everyone else is doing they don't think they have a problem a superiority the crazy thing about crazy people is they don't think they're crazy and you talk to any narcissist they're gonna go what no it's you are you kidding me? Look at me. Hmm. I own these people. They don't see that as a, as a mental disorder. And they'll even admit it. I own these people. Mm-hmm. Look at, uh, you know, these guys will do whatever I ask them to do. Oh, my God. You know, that that is a psychopath. That is a narcissist. But he's openly admitting it. He doesn't even think he has a problem, he or she. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't... That's a really good point because I don't think a narcissist, there's all these other mental illnesses, I don't think a narcissist is capable of health because the only way you're capable of health is checking yourself, going, oh, (laughs) it might be me. 
<laughs> it might be me. I might go check in. A narcissist would never go there because there's that exposure. Mm-hmm. And you've got it. They've got to open up and, and unravel and go. Everything about me is just hokey bullshit. But you would think smoke and mirrors. Right. But you would think a person of that intelligence because narcissists aren't stupid. They know. Very good point. Aware of what. So they have to have some sort of self-awareness because they're intelligent enough to manipulate others. So they have to be intelligent enough to manipulate themselves into believing what they're doing is correct. But there is the occasional case, I'm sure, where they are aware of what they're doing and and that's obviously wrong, but can't control it or can't change it or choose not to. Because it works and it's a successful tool for them, which in turn could change and manipulate their own thinking and thoughts into this being a correct way of being. Therefore, with proper environment, with proper training, with with probably loads of therapy and other things, potential, the potential there is there for a narcissist to change. I I would... no. <laughs> okay. That's a healthy person's perspective. Let me simplify this. A, a, a narcissist is, is incapable of thinking what another person thinks. They don't fucking care. Right. But so they like have to be able to manipulate them. So they got to be able to understand the way the person thinks. They'll, they will never go, hey, man, these people are get coming on to me. Or, hey, man, I, me- I hurt that person's feelings. There's... They're, they are not capable of that compassion. They're not capable of remorse. They, they are them. So, like, I, I guess there's self-awareness for them, but not for any other human. Okay. They don't really see humans as humans. Mm-hmm. They see human beings, animals, whatever, on a power grid. As tools. That's really it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it, like... It's like they're a car and they need to fill up on gas and humans are gas stations. I see. And when they run that gas station do- dry, they go to the other person. They're not capable of, of, of processing going, hey, my behavior towards this other person might have had an effect on them. They don't. <laughs> that's not running through their head. Mm-hmm. It's just me, me, me the, the entire time. And, and every one of us has somebody in our lives that is like this. Well, most of us. I would say whether you know it or not, because you don't spend a whole lot of time interacting, you probably run across 10 narcissists a day, whether it's at the shopping center, the gas station. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would put money on that. I guarantee it. Guarantee you know it. what I mean? It's just like sometimes uh, oh, this person doesn't apply to me. I'm in and out. You haven't really... There's no need to examine it. You know what I mean? Right. That's why, like, it's more magnified when it's somebody in your circle or a family member. So I guess a good way to spot one for anybody listening would be look out for the people and how they treat others that don't add direct value to their life. That's a that's a very, very good point. That was very good. And I want you guys to kind of um, matriculate on that. I'll, I'll be right back. Absolutely. So... If you're sitting in a public setting or anywhere at a family setting or with other people in general, just take a second to look around and people watch. It's one of my favorite activities. Just sit and be silent for a little bit. 
honestly, the ears being open and the mouth being closed, you have two ears for a reason and one mouth for a reason. And just take a look around, two eyes as well, and notice how others treat people that don't add direct value to their life. And you will notice the true character of a person really, really quickly. As Robert was speaking earlier about the coffee shop or going and sitting in a setting and being able to pick out 10 people within five minutes what their traits are is a very simple thing to actually accomplish because people in their body language throughout their day and they're walking to the coffee shop unaware of who's around, unaware of who's watching and living their program and watch how they treat others. And, and it would be very easy to pick out the narcissist, the fantasist, the realist, or even the misogynist or the feminist. Yeah, I mean, you can pick people out almost immediately. And this isn't really come across as judgmental, as more observational, if that makes sense. So I would say take a second. If anybody's listening, to look around and really observe and, and really think about the things that we were talking about and tr apply it to your daily life. And I guarantee you're going to be appalled at who you find in your inner circle that is doing this. We should put together a little workbook book or something on how to identify a narcissist. I, I think it's important because you run across, you strike up a relationship with a narcissist. You're going to lose. You're going to lose big. Mm -hmm. And like you're going to. You're going to walk away feeling piss, defeated. What pisses you off the most about a narcissist is you, you're pissed at yourself. You're just going, fuck. I, yep. I fucking knew it. I can't believe I let that guy into my. You know, I, I gave him this information. Like they just dagger you. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's one of the things that I dislike about narcissists the most is because they get you to open up. You know, oh, man, I tr uh, he's no, he's cool. Mm -hmm. it, it, and then just a complete betrayal. And yeah. they don't care and they walk away with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And <coughs> see, I, 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 I just get I, frustrated I, with yourself. I asked this question and, 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 and hit it from so many angles because I have a specific person in mind. I won't drop names, but probably better if we don't. Right. And. This person has all of these traits, but but I also know this person on a personal level and have, have observed them outside of their like inner circle or outside of their comfort zone to kind of see and and I like want to say and feel like that there's hope. But, you know, uh, that's a part of the programming, and, and it's sad to say. Cause no, I that's a good quality to have because I'm the same way. It's like there's got to be hope. For there's got to be hope. Yeah. You know, I don't want to cut this person off completely, right. but just just certain displays of emotion, certain actions, certain words that this person has displayed in front of me has chosen me to just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to step away. But the, the terrible part is, is this person's a, a, a pertinent person in my immediate friend group. Therefore, That's hard, man. <coughs> yeah, therefore, I've chosen to, you know, uh, distance myself um, greatly over the past few months. 
as a result of this and um and and sat back and studied and and have been doing my own observations from a distance discerning this information and and trying to make a solid decision on whether or not I'm going to 100% completely cut this person out of my life because it's very it's a touch and go subject it's been a very easy thing for me to do but I go through a, an extensive thought process and an, and an extensive bargaining within myself because I don't like there's compromise there exactly you know there's I mean? always that That's compromise tough. it is it is and and it, it sucks when there's a friend or a, like man I, I had family members you right know, absolutely you know what the right thing is to do but if you concede that you're opening yourself up to getting hurt again you know, and like how many times? Then are you really healing? Are you really in taking this information? Are you really open for change? If you aren't, if you're still allowing that or giving that person energy, right? then are you truly healing? I don't, when I identify a narcissist and I need to be 100% sure, and generally it's pretty cut and dry, it's over mm-hmm. forever for me game over period. I will n- forget my number, whatever I have to do to dis- distance myself from you. The only caveat that with that is that person comes to me 10 years down the road, goes, you know what? This is what I was. And this is what I've been doing. I've identified it. I own it. I was this and I'm still working on it. I don't care if you, they go, I'm better now. I won't buy that. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on that. It's kind of like the alcoholic that's always the alcoholic. Uh, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing path. Like It's a lifelong I'm going to go, okay, well, I'm still not giving you my phone number. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked that you finally kind of bro- made that breakthrough because it wasn't benefiting you. Mm-hmm. You know, you were using human beings, you know. I feel like this person maybe not be narcissistic, but just severely unconscious. Does it well, mean? I mean, you really have to look at the symptoms because they're all the same. You know, there, it's there's a fine line. It, like you're going to learn like, like the article I just wrote on the present moment is predictability. Yeah. You start becoming present and conscious and humans get so fucking predictable because they're running programs. Right. So you're gonna know mm-hmm. cut and dry what they are and you'll be able to diagnose it i mean there's sociopaths there's psychopaths there's narcissist uh what is it narcissistic personality disorder that's the gnarly one and oh god what was the one i saw the other day where old women that age out it's like old lady narcissist syndrome or something where like old like women age out and they just get worse and worse as narcissists and it's a whole nother category of it Holy shit, really? But I have it, not it's heard of this. called NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. That's what they classify narcissism as. And they're saying that it is, by and large, the worst mental illness because it just destroys people around them. Mm-hmm. You know, what like a lonely it, life. I mean, it, I, I'm looking at it this way. Like, you know, a murderer is a murderer. But this, this narcissist baited this person, propped him up, reeled him in, groomed him, and then rat-fucked him. Well. And then blamed him. I mean, that's it, it gets more, it gets better. They th- Then they dump the blame on you. 
Well, then let me ask you this. How do you, being a conscious person, being aware, knowing that you have to have compassion for these people, how do you have compassion for a narcissist? The way I do it Mm -hmm. is I cut my circle. I'm 55 years old right now. I have my beautiful wife and my two kids. I used to have a bunch of friends. My energy does not sync with those people, and their behavior is not my fucking responsibility anymore. You have to – everyone has to learn to be happy on their own. Like, if you love who you are, you're not lonely because the person you're hanging out with is you. Mm -hmm. And you're fucking – you love you, so you're not lonely. So if if, if you can learn to be happy on your own, you don't need to compromise your situation in life because you're lonely. I mean, because ultimately that's what it's boiling down to is like companionship. You look at most marriages, most relationships people are in, neither of them even like each other. You know what I mean? It's just they it's better than being lonely because and what lonely is is that person doesn't like themselves. Right. If you love yourself, alone time's where it's at, man. That's why I like the saying I love and I like me. <laughs> with with your partner, you know. Right. And, and that's a very, very important thing, I think. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I look, I mean, what we're doing here is is trying to help people and and fuck, I'm trying to like open people's minds and mm-hmm. drop their ego and just own some of your shit and yeah. nobody's going to judge you. This is a safe platform, but like let's be honest, Joe, like we can't help anybody. <laughs> Until you know, we, we help can bring, we can bring in awareness, but like nobody is capable of helping another person like i can't i can't help anybody i can facilitate certain things but like it's got to come from that person mm-hmm. and the hardest people on earth to to to, to help are, are narcissists because they they're it's everyone else's fault yeah they already think they've had it all figured out right and and they're never gonna go it's me they're right. always gonna go it's you it's you it's you you guys just don't get it it's me this is my world, and you guys are just a part of my world. Don't you guys fucking get that? Right. And that is their reality. They they go to bed believing that isn't every it, night. Isn't it part of our responsibility, though, when we meet these people? Like, obviously, it's going to be our responsibility to, to, to notice it and, and do with it what you will if you're going to walk away or if you can't walk away, if it's a pertinent person in your life. Those situations that you can't walk away from, being aware, it's your, it's almost, it, it is our responsibility, you know, af- to have compassion for these unconscious people, these unaware. But the fucked up thing about narcissists is that they are semi-aware of what they're doing, at least inside of themselves, not not with what's going on with you. So having compassion for a person who's unaware of anything outside of their own fucking bubble, I guess what I'm trying to say is. When you become aware of it and you love yourself enough to not deal with it, just don't let it affect you. If you can't get rid of the narcissist in your life, then learn not to necessarily love them, but just have compassion for the fact that they have no fucking clue who they are, what they need, and they're the probably most lonely, sad people, and... Be aware of yes. that, and then it's therefore the the it won't actually hurt you anymore. B- 
because you are no longer giving that person the power over you. Now you have taken the control back by caring for them. It's a very hard concept to wrap your head around. I, I, but I think it's ultimately very important, though, because, mm-hmm. A, you can have compassion for anybody, but that doesn't mean you let them hurt you. Right. You can have p- compassion. The people that hurt you the most, if you can rise above all that and have compassion for the people that daggered you the most, that have betrayed you the most, that is a powerful thing. Uh, that is a powerful message that you're sending to yourself. That that That's the building blocks of invincibility mm-hmm. because th- now nobody can fuck with you. Right. You know, and, and so the components of that is forgiveness, you know, and, you know, just surrendering, letting stuff go. And um, say you got abused or hurt by a narcissist, but you got away and you healed, but you learned a lot of stuff from that psychopath. Send them a thank you card. Shit. You, I mean, they built your character. Yeah, they hurt you, but like, they 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 made your heart stronger. They made your fortitude stronger. They they built your character without without that asshole fucking your world up um, under the disguise of a friend in a full betrayal. You never would have had that strength. It, 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 that's that's how your heart gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Is by getting stomped on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your heart has to be stomped. Yeah. And then it just gets calloused. More resilient and stronger and stronger. And like uh, that's why I say, like, Emmy, you guide people like me that kind of struggle through our childhood. We're the ones that are going to be ruling the world. When We're did. the ones with a greater pur- purpose mm-hmm. because our hearts are still there. You know what I mean? Fuck. <laughs> You stomp. You tried to stomp him. You daggered him. You cut him. You fucked me. I didn't quit. I got up off of the mat. That's I right. Took the blows. I didn't stay down. I got up off the mat, and I'm always gonna get up off the mat. Those are the people. So um, let's just conclude this as soon as possible. But like, those are the people. That's power. Yep. I was just gonna say this. That is not a powerful forced. person, and not forced. That's how I was going to end that segue. Beautiful. Absolutely. We were on the same page. And I just want to say, Emmy, thank you. That was a really cool topic to talk about. Thank you. Glad we got to discuss it. Thank you. Absolutely. And and I kind of like the way it kind of rolled into Narcissist because I have a feeling we're going to revisit this Mm -hmm. because this is an important topic to me because there's people close to me that really (laughs) – I don't want them to hear this, but like maybe it's for me. I think, you know, to get it out, like my life was affected by severe narcissistic people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not going to name names or anything like that. But like there's so much that goes into narcissism and it's such a super sad, gnarly mental illness. It's worse than all of them because it's that whole grooming and premeditation and betrayal i mean it's just are you afraid to let these people know who they are because of their feelings or because of the repercussions no i would never so well yeah to drop names on the air is different but right but like like if if you're engaging with a narcissist there's no point going Oh well, you're a narcissist, so I'm out of here. Th- th- like, right. none of that's gonna register to them. So there's really no point going. Hey, I, I'm no longer friends with you because you're a narcissist. They're gonna again. They don't think they're crazy. They mm-hmm. think you are, right? So it, 
Yeah. Nothing says fuck you like fuck you, right? So, like, I smile at those people and just go, okay, um, I'll call you later. Mm-hmm. And then run. Right. Uh, vanish. Mm-hmm. And don't call me, change my number. Like, if it's somebody close to you, you will have to change your number. You we may have to move. Right. You just don't know, but you have to take care of you. That's at the end of the day. That's that. I, that's I agree. my opinion. But you stick around a narcissist, you're going to lose. And they're going to drain every fucking ounce of energy out of you. I you believe know? it. <coughs> so that would be force. We are all about power. And we thank everybody for listening out there. This is Catharsis. Thank you, Emmy, for a, a super awesome topic. And we're going to revisit this again. And um, if you like what you're saying, reach out to us and give us some comments. Give us some feedbacks because we're always down. This is an open forum for just everyday if normal a topic people. topic you'd like to hear about. Yeah. You want to clean out your closet? No judgment here. Um, hit us up at Catharsis. Um, again, thank you guys for everyone. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you. Thank you. This was kind of cool tonight. I really enjoyed this because Same it started here. out with aggression and assertiveness. I, I just kind of like the way it flowed and developed. So yep. thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Out.